Zeitpunkt. Al, you look dejected. Welcome back to the United Way. You do it, yeah. Yeah, welcome back to the United Way. What we did, episode 11? 10. Episode 10, 10 of the United Way. I have to take the intro this week because Al is a little dejected. Al is a little sad. Uh, Al is the retro United short blue. <laughs> yeah. How are we, pal? Yeah, not good, pal, to be honest with you. That was, Just... a, tough, that was a tough one to take the weekend, especially with the, the Carabao Cup game the performance was decent the, out, the score was decent we played the same team yeah. we actually put out a stronger team we did and uh, we got beat <laughs> no explanation for it really. what was last episode what was last week's episode called we we finally won a game or something yeah <laughs> now we're back we're back there's a great one we're back to being shit <laughs> yeah but like you know, you could sense the sarcasm from miles away oh, to yeah. our intro last week uh, because we knew things weren't oh, exactly what was it again? To... The season starts here! Yeah, yeah. The, the, the season starts now! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just appalling. No ideas. Um, it's just looking like uh, another... Another really awful season where mm. we're back playing Champions League football, and uh, we're just like we're just woeful again. And it just seems to be every time we get to the Champions League, our just our performances completely like falter. They just go to absolute mm. shite, cow shit. I don't know what it. I, I really don't know what it is. Um, do, do some of these players hear that Champions League music and then all of a sudden they think they're the fucking dog's bollocks? Probably. And they, they, th- they think they're, you know, better than they are and they're, you know, living beyond their means, so to speak. Yeah. Like, um, saw a clip yesterday of uh, Rashford coming out of the tunnel and he stops and waits and lets Casemiro walk out first and then he walks out last. Is this guy yeah. think he's Ronaldo? So he could be the Ronaldo or Cantona kind of this, this guy figure. Won, this guy's won five Champions Leagues. And you pause in the tunnel to let him walk out before. Who yeah, do you think? I, I don't. I don't want to go. What way did you into, take that? I, was it at, at first? I thought, does this guy think he's Ronaldo? And then at, after that, then I thought, Casemiro actually has a mascot in his hand. People maybe might be looking too I, much into it. I think I saw Casemiro had a mascot. Yeah. So my brain after I calmed down. Um, Rashford's going to be a big topic in today's episode because. <sighs> I hate he's, going in. On, I hate uh, going in on players. Yeah, I don't like going in on him, and uh, and I think it's he's he's a real conundrum with regards to talking about his his form, and um, I think he is he a purple patch player. I don't know because last season he was very good. He was at the levels of Mbappe at, at one point last season. Uh, at one point, actually, for about maybe two months, I honestly thought he was one of the best players in the world. Um, I thought he was unstoppable. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. I think probably down to the fact that he hasn't got the support of a left back um, in the mould of a Luke Shaw, who he plays, who he he like has this 
you know, like an avatar where they have like a connection to, to the animals, to, to the nature and the plants and the animals and all that shit. That's what I feel like Rashford is with Luke Shaw. He just has a great connection with Luke Shaw. And mm. um, they link up so well together with Shaw doing those, you know, classic overlaps. And I think my issue with, with that is if. But there shouldn't, a player shouldn't be excused. Yes. For the the absence if of you are, the player he plays so well with. If you are a player on of that caliber, or you consider yourself a player of that caliber, if you're on the wages that he's on, yeah, do you know what I mean. And if you put yourself into that bracket, this upper echelon of players, you are yeah. not just, you know, a professional player. You are an elite within the elites. You should not be relying on your left. You should be able to play with whoever you want back yeah. there. Like when Ronaldo was playing at Madrid, who he got? He had Marcelo at one point. Yeah, great. But then he had fucking Fabio Contreras playing sometimes there. Contreras. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, like it, it shouldn't matter who was playing behind you because mm. you like Rashford gets service of the ball from more than just Luke Shaw or Reglion or yeah. Malassia or whoever is playing back there it shouldn't matter which Tom, Dick and Harry is playing at left back if but, you were a player of that calibre you should be able to impact the game but he's still playing as if he's he's a kid as well like he overcomplicates things as well Every, anytime he's on the ball he stalls it too much um, there's no kind of there's no urgency about him when he gets the ball and that really does annoy me it really does because it, it mm. and, and that the problem is when you go 1-0 down to a team like fucking Palace. They are the worst team, one of the worst teams, probably the worst team in the Premier League to concede against because they just fucking sit back and they're so well organised. They've got an experienced coach in Roy Hodgson. Don't care how old he is, he still has that experience in him and he knows, he, he's given those players the correct instructions um, when they score a goal to just defend, defend, defend and sit back because they're that type of team. They always have been. Palace aren't that exciting. Palace are, it's funny, like it's mad. They just settle for, you know, finishing in the same position every season in the Premier League. But mm. it seems to work out for them. <clears throat> it's just a team I hate going 1-0 down to because they just, they, they don't give you any ideas. And for a team like United at the moment who are lacking ideas going forward, you know, this was the perfect game for Palace. It really was. So you have to go. You have to go up against a team like that. You have to be on the front foot. And we were for the first twenty minutes, like every other fucking game. Mm. And then it all just falls apart after twenty minutes. So, yeah, like, and sorry, that's what I say about Rashford. He takes too much time on the ball. There needs to be more urgency. He needs when to you be look at the there's there's probably one clip in the entire game where he doesn't hesitate on the ball at all. I think he gets it around the halfway line and he just sweeps it forward. For Hoyland. For Hoyland, to yeah. Run, to run on yeah. to. Probably one of the better chances we had. I think Hoyland had a really good header saved. I think Casemiro had a, a header just go over the bar from a corner. He did, yeah. I think Fernandez had a decent strike pushed over outside the, the box. Uh, yeah. From outside the box, pushed over the bar. Um, but then, like, look, we have Amrabat. Look where Amrabat's playing. Yeah. He's not playing in his best position because we don't have a left back. Yeah, I think... And he... he I suppose three left backs out. Like. You can use the, you can use obviously you can use the excuse of you know the the injuries in terms of like if you look at the goal we conceded from from that set piece, that's an awful cross. That trickles, oh, it's trickles, awful. It trickles about knee height all the way across to the back post. Lindelof. It trickles through thirteen bodies maybe. Yeah. At knee height, not one person gets something on it to get it out for a throw-in, to, to divert it away, nothing. And you can't blame Onana, because it's nowhere near him, no. and it's not, at, it's not at a, a height 
or a distance to where you can come and claim it. No, it should be defended. That's where a defender to come and yeah. put that into fucking row Z. Yeah. And it trickles all the way across. Now, smash and finish. Yeah. And Unbelievable no keeper finish. No keeper's taking that. Nah, no. Do you know what I mean? Because they're probably not expecting it either. But awful goal to concede. And as you said, Palace are a really hard team to break down. Can't once, break them down. Um, yeah. Once you concede. And I think the other issue is um, United seem to have this pattern if we concede first under Ten Hag we we very rarely turn turn that result turn turn that result around. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost as as if the players admit defeat too soon. Mm-hmm. When you look back at the Ferguson days, it did not matter if you conceded. There's like I think there's the famous commentary in 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 uh you know the new camp in ninety nine. When Beckham puts that ball on the ground, the commentator says, Can you know it score? They yeah. always score. Clyde Tiddlesley, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where's that mentality gone? That was a commentator saying that. Oh. Could you imagine that mentality in Woody, those players? Woody, it's gone. And uh, the sooner we accept it, the better. Uh, Roy Keane was correct in what he said. We are the new Tottenham. We're, we're Spurs. And we have to accept it. Our ceiling is third slash fourth. That's our ceiling. That's the best we can do. We're holes in it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another fucking discussion. But... Uh, as long as these owners are in charge, we will not reach the levels that Liverpool got to to match City. Yeah. Or Arsenal, it's looking like Arsenal are heading that way as well. They did it last season. They look good again this season. We are not going to get to that level. We're not even close to it. Because of our fucking owners. We're not even close to it. And I'm sick and tired. I, I know you're. people are going to say, oh, you have to stop blaming the Glazers, Al. Yes, of course. The, the manager is at fault for some of the decisions on... on um, Saturday the manager you, like he can't be blameless 100% he can't be blameless I agree but you can also have some sympathy for him for the fucking conditions that he's working under that's that's the thing right so at the end of the day like this is a business do you know what I mean so you have when the business isn't working you have to look at the very very top right so if you bring a car to a mechanic and he can't fix it mm-hmm. and then you go why can't you fix it and he goes well I don't have the tools who do you look at then? The owner of the fucking garage. Yeah. You don't look at the mechanic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so true. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, you can criticise the manager at times for certain decisions. He's the one that puts the players out on the pitch. He's the one that's coaching them on the training ground. Mm. But at the same time, there's plenty of square pegs being rammed into round holes. Yeah. Like Amrabat playing left back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like his attitude is is, is brilliant. I'll play wherever the manager needs me, even if that's in goal. Like, no, pal, we need we need you in midfield. We need you in midfield. Yeah, this is where we actually need you. Yeah, like why why isn't there a jig around? Why haven't we even considered playing three at the back? I know. Yeah, why isn't that even a consideration? That's like, and I, I, know, I hate getting into this. Path. I know we go in on on Maguire and everything else there. Like, why don't we just play three centre backs? Yeah, it can be done. I mean, we're already 100%. dropping points. We're already losing. So what? Yeah. What is there to lose? We've just lost the Crystal Palace. Yeah. So why not? I kind of like when United play three at the back. I've seen. I've seen them. I've seen Ollie play that formation. I would just like some fucking change. Yeah. I would like to see people trying to come up with solutions for the fucking problems that we are having. And if yeah. that, pro- like, if you play three at the back, but then you can really bolster the midfield. Yeah. Sure, surely it eases pressure on the fucking defenders if yeah, the midfield is solid 100% do you know what I mean so we're losing the battle in the midfield and that makes the defence look bad what What would be your who would be your defensive trio well it'd have to be Varane, Maguire and Lindelof because there's no one fucking else what about Johnny Evans 
Okay, take Lindelof out for Evans. Because he actually played very. I, I was very surprised. You know, we, we've gone in. We've gone in on Maguire a few times now on on this podcast. We defended him after the booing in in Dublin here. Now we had one good game. We can't get ahead of ourselves. We have to be careful. Yeah. We have to be really, really careful. <laughs> but, but at the same time, when a player has a good game, there needs to be that nurturing to, oh, to, to continue that and, keep, and to try keep it going, to build someone's confidence. But this was what frustrates me so much. And like Lindelof was just absolutely like atrocious on the weekend. He was awful. And it, like his, his weakness as a centre-back was highlighted so much against that team. Mm-hmm. But you don't play a, play, a centre-back like Lindelof against Palace who have strength going forward they, they have strength everywhere they're a big team they're all is, about physicality this is probably where Evans would have been better because of his experience he would have been better but here's the thing people want Lindelof out of the team now and they want Maguire in and the same cry the same but, uh, the same. there was the same cries for that last season they wanted Maguire out and Lindelof in so we can't we don't know what's going on it's no, just it's. I mean we're just never going to win on or off the pitch let's be real so it doesn't, no. look, it doesn't matter too much. But at the moment, with these owners, lads, you just ha- to all the United fans that listen to this podcast, I just think we have to accept that top four is our ceiling. We we will we will never ever ever challenge for a title as long as they're on. No, never. It's never going to happen. Like, do you remember when Leicester won the league? When Spurs yeah. went close? Yeah. Right. Last season was our was our anomaly. That was our season. Mm, that was our Leicester. Was. That was our Spurs getting to the Champions League final. Last season yeah. was we we like and like hands up. First episode of, the, of this podcast, we were just like, yeah, super excited for the season. Great season last year. Won a trophy. Yeah. You know, f- finished third, but you know, closer to third than we were at the fourth sort sort of thing. Like, yeah. We were very excited. Very. Everyone was. Yeah, absolutely, and, and rightly so. But now reality has set in. The curtain is lifted. We can see the raw. And but we're gonna. I, I I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's only gonna get worse. I might hate being negative, but well, it is. And I think. And I think. Well, the issue that, is. And the issue is, it'll get worse before it gets better. It yeah. need it needs to get so bad to the point that the owners turn around and say, "Okay, this is no longer viable." That's how bad it needs to get. It's them that needs to go. But, but that's if, if Ten Hag is sacked, people will just start to say, "No, this is." And and I don't think any. I don't think any other manager in world football will think. They had Van Gaal, Mourinho, Mourinho, um, Solcher, who didn't have much of a background, but he did well, and then it all fell apart for him. And then they bring in, you know, an exciting well, coach like Ken Hag, what he did with Ajax, and that's fallen apart. Well, too. I think the the biggest thing is obviously that Oli interview coming out and sharing some yeah. sharing some real insights about the the restraints around recruitment. Yeah. And how a manager goes in there and he's automatically handcuffed. He's yeah. automatically trying to do this with yeah. you know a hand tied behind his back yeah. and a gun barrel down his throat. So that interview has actually done wonders for To highlight yeah. To highlight, to the, highlight. the issues, right? Yeah. Because what happened now, let's say Ten Hag gets sacked, right? I don't think that's gonna happen. I really don't. Not seven games in. It's not gonna happen. I, I don't think it will happen. But but if if it gets worse and it, and it happens around the same period as when Mourinho got sacked just before Christmas and Solskjaer got sacked, then I think people are gonna start to realise. Yeah, this is not. And Poch is in the exact same situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the benefit of that Solskjaer interview is there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of media that have a lot of sympathy for Ten Hag. 
I think we see that already. We talked about Shearer's comments. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah, look, I, I, I honestly... Shearer's out, but I think, I think the rest of them are out to get him. No, I think... The thing is, right, they're out to get him now, but then the second he gets sacked, the tune changes. It happened with Mourinho. Yeah. With the whole Pogba thing, everybody talked about the whole, like, you know, he, he called the player a virus, he, he speaks out... But that's the way they work, though. But th- th- this is exactly what I mean. So yeah. they'll, be, they'll be there, like, looming there with the axe, waiting to chop the fucker down. Yeah. And then the second he gets sacked then they'd be like, well, he wasn't the issue. The players are the issue. We've seen this time and time again. The players plowing the, the manager yeah. under the bus. The board not doing enough. The yeah. owners not doing enough. Yeah, yeah, the poor manager. Yeah, because the poor he manager, has no responsibility manager. to take. And that re- the responsibility lies with the players. And it's happened before because I remember with Mourinho when he got sacked, the responsibility lied with the players and they were under severe pressure. And when Oli came in, that first game in charge against Cardiff, they won 5-0. You know, but it's it's just a pattern with these players as well, yeah. and it comes down from above. Which the culture of the whole club at it's the, the moment. Cu- it's hundred percent the culture of the whole club. And as well, I seen someone, and I think it's unfair on the man because he gave so much to the football club, and um, he made it what it is. But I seen someone saying that Ferguson should speak out, and I think leave him alone. He's in his eighties. And, and so I've seen a few people say that. And, and speak out why? To what impact? What Let, impact let's let's be have? let's be perfectly honest, right? Ferguson comes out tomorrow. Does a whole interview. It could be anywhere: BBC, ESPN, Sky. Doesn't matter where it is. What impact is it going to have? Are the Glazers all of a sudden going to turn around and be like, "Oh no, Alex Ferguson said something. Let's sell yeah. the club." It if has, I say to those people saying that, um, let Fergie make his own decisions in life he's entitled to do that he's earned that right especially in his role at the club okay um, because he'll probably still be in that role if touch wood new owners come in shortly well, but, if do, but if he does decide great. to leave and he does do something like that then yeah but don't expect I, it of him. I personally think if Ferguson resigned from his current role at the club and just stepped away entirely that would speak volumes much more than him coming out and having some statement if he turned around and goes I'll be a supporter Yeah, you see him in the stands every every week watching the games but has nothing to do with the club formally I think that in itself speaks volumes Yeah, and that's like I'm not saying that's what he needs to do he's earned the right to do whatever yeah. the fuck he wants to do I don't think I don't think it, the people should put pressure on a man in his 80s to well let, let's be perfectly honest do you think that Alex Ferguson feels pressure from anybody no, let alone a few fans from fucking yeah. Twitter let's be yeah. real but I think let also think think of it this way <laughs> let's go back to Ten Hag um, if, if they're at the sack him who do you get oh the flavour of the month is Irby, isn't it <laughs> like who who actually comes in? I I hope no one comes in. I hope people turn the fucking job down. I hope, no, I don't want to be manager of this club. I've heard stuff from Van Gaal. I've heard stuff from Mourinho. Ten Hag's just on the phone to me there. He's telling me not to yeah. not to replace him. You know, I hope pe- people open their eyes to see what fuck how like how a coach a manager is restricted at this club in not having the, the, the freedoms to actually and the impact bring the has, best out in the football side and the impact it has on your career afterwards oh massively look how long it took David Moyes to, to get things going again yeah. it took him the best part of a decade to get his career up and going again and I was delighted for him when he won the 
The Conference League. The Conference League at West yeah. Ham. But even even Mourinho took him a while to took him a while took, took him a little bit to get back. I thought he was going to go into international coaching. To be honest, now, the Spurs job was a bit disaster. But but the thing about Jose is, he anywhere he does go, it ends up. Eventually, it ends up horrible. I think it's going bad for him at Rome at the moment. They had a good result last night. Was it? Yeah, yeah they won two 0 But he's got he's got big Rome on loan there, so he's. You see, I think that yeah, think, I think Roma are sitting in the same place in the in Serie A as United are. I think they're in around mid table. Yeah, at the yeah, and there was a lot of hopes pinned on them this season because they they did bring in a good few. Yeah, and obviously they had a decent season last year. I think they got to Europa League final. So, um, yeah. there was there was obviously a little, little bit of hope there. And um, yeah, I think Jose is also very clever. I think he came out there the other day and he had said something that uh, he got a historical offer from Saudi more than any manager in the history of football has ever been offered and he turned it down out of I think so <laughs> I think I might take it I don't know we'll see what happens but I want to say what Jose said about the team he managed at Man United that finished second and it speaks volumes of the players he said that was one of the greatest achievements of his career finishing second with that team now what does that tell you yeah, because he fucking What does that tell you? The guys won a treble. He took Porto to a Champions League point. And he said that it was one of the greatest achievements of his career, finishing second with that squad in the 2017-2018 season. Mm. Do you remember the start of that season? That was one of my favourite times post-Fergie as a United fan. Mm. Top three, I'd say. We looked so good. Mkhitaryan was balling. Pogba was balling. Lukaku was scoring. Was that was that the time I think we had Marshall looked great. Ooh. I think was that was that the time when we had scored four goals in like We beat West Ham 4-0 in the opening game. Yeah. I was in Florida watching it with Allison. I uh, think we had scored four goals in like I got the, very drunk. The three or the four opening games or something. It's the first time anyone's yeah. ever done it. I think we had scored four goals kind of back to back to back, to back or whatever it was. I was so happy after that game. Very drunk. A couple of whiskeys in Florida and Universal. Hashtag drink and then, responsibly. Drink, hashtag drink responsibly. Dude, drink responsibly, folks. He's right. And uh, I remember we went to the water park afterwards. <laughs> the Volcano Bay. Have you ever been there in Florida? Oh, what a place. I can't wait to go back with the kids. Oh, in man. Ten years. In ten years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it speaks volumes that Mourinho... Said that, and and, and Keane said it as well. Leopards never change their spots. No, and and do you know what? I I would honestly go as far as saying I know what Ten Hag done at uh, at Ajax, for finishing tour and winning a trophy last season and getting to an FA Cup final is probably his biggest achievement in his career so oh, far. He'll, he'll come out and probably say that well, if, if, if unless we go on, they would have. The sack. Yeah, absolutely. But, and unless he goes on to do something, win a different major trophy. But let's be real. But this is that's the, not happening. This is a this is the part where I'm just a bit uncomfortable talking about this. But it has to be said, his in-game tactics are a, they're a bit frustrating at times. I, I agree, especially when we go a goal down. Yeah, we go a goal down. It's almost as if we have no answers. I think the Munich game was probably the only one where we were kind of like tit for tat. They scored, yeah. we scored. They scored, we scored. Sort like, of you, you need to make the big decisions and. And not leaving it so late, you know. Yeah, and do you know what? Put Martial on if for he, Rashford 20 minutes to get... Do you know what? You know, that, that shit always frustrated me. It always, always frustrated me. I know these are, prof- like, these are professionals and they should be able to impact the game. But like, how much can you impact the game in 10 minutes? Let, you, let's, you, let's be real. You can't. Let's, let's be real. Don't care who... Like, unless... Like, there's very, very few players. Like, you know, there's players that specialise in that, like Solskjaer. 
Yeah. You know, like like your quote unquote super sub sort of thing. Mm. Or if you have like Messi on your bench, okay, yeah, Messi can impact the game in ten minutes. You can probably impact it in ten seconds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But fucking Martial is not that. Yeah. Rashford's we don't have anybody on the bench that's by, this way, by the way and I'm, I feel so sorry for the kid but um, like our target man in Rasmus Hoyland I'm sorry but the kid's not ready he's not ready to be leading the line for Manchester United because he's too young and he's been thrown into that position and it's really fucking unfair on the lad it's really unfair well, I, I also think that like the, the level of service he's getting is just abysmal it's abysmal but also it's another fucking cheap tactic from the Glazers to pay a massive fee for a player but put him on I think he's on like 60, 70 grand a week whereas they won't fucking go all out and go for a Harry Kane yeah they'll have to fork out maybe 300, 350 grand a week wages mm. on, on Harry Kane but if we, I'm telling you if we had a player like that if we, if we had bought Harry Kane I've just yeah, it's high in sight now we yeah. wouldn't have these issues you know and I think Hoyland has so much potential I really do but he like he's 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 a he's a rotational striker on, at on, such a young age. Yeah, or he's someone that comes in like we we had said er, like early on in, in this podcast where in an ideal world your boy Harry Kane and your boy Evan Ferguson. Yeah. And Ferguson learns from Kane. One hundred percent. Who's got who's Hoyland got to learn from other than, the, learn. other than the coaches? Yeah. You know I mean? There's only so much fucking Benny McCarthy can do. I know. Do you know what I mean? And then at the same thing, the guys, the kid is feeding off scraps. And if you're an inexperienced striker, feeding off scraps isn't enough. Yeah. It's not enough. Because it's only the elite, elite strikers that can feed off scraps. Yeah. Your Harry Kane's, your Drogba's, your, you know, Aguero's, where they get one chance in 90 minutes and they bag it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you haven't got that experience, scraps mean nothing. Yeah. You might as well not be, not be having a player up front at all. Yeah. Can we... Well, it, it it kind of the United game was uh, disastrous. Pretty bad with regards to officiating. But can we go away from Man United and talk about what happened? In Sports the- Liverpool. Oh. That might be. Now we talk about United not getting decisions and everything else like that, and decisions going against us and how bad they were. But uh, like, that Chris Kavanagh, what a fucking terrible refereeing performance right. as well. That yes, he got best supporting actor, and Simon Hoopin Hoopin <laughs> got best actor. The decisions in that Liverpool game. Oh. absolutely abysmal like like oh. an actual joke yeah like obviously we're not Liverpool fans they're not sports fans either but you have to look at that and think fuck me if I was a Liverpool fan I would have smashed <laughs> my television would have been in half oh, they, I would have smashed it yeah they, they had every right to be uh, absolutely after that absolutely like the the court is sending off harsh yeah, he does go over the ball. He does make contact with the foot, but it's very harsh. I think similar to Casemiro's against Southampton yeah. this season. And I think, do you know what, Roy? We give Klopp a bit of stick about his excuses and stuff like that. Uh, I, I said, I said, right. he, I was saying it before. I said he has, he has my permission to say whatever the hell he likes yes. after the game. I think after the game, he had said about the red card. He goes like, "Yeah, everybody in this room probably thinks it is a red card, and I think it's not, and that's because I've played football and none of you haven't." And do you know what? I think that's the first time I've ever heard a manager say that to a press mm. a pre- press room, basically saying like, "I know the difference because I've played at that level." Yeah, and all you do was wobble a fucking pen around and think that you know better. And he's fucking spot on yeah. because that sending off was so harsh. The jot of one, the the jot of yellow card where the player just 
mental. <laughs> mental. The offside. Mental. Yeah. Like, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like. And people were giving out about Big Ange. Um, uh, he came out, he said something about the decision that was made. He said he had sympathy for them. Here's the thing. If he came out and fucking went against them, I think teams are scared that decisions are going to go against them because they speak out against these fuckers. Yeah. These fuckers are starting to, they, they're like, and you know. The refs are having far too much of an influence in, if, in, the, in the, the You know, the, the biggest the indicator is the fact that players can't kind of, can't, you know, argue with them. They can't argue with them over a decision anymore. This is the kind of ruling that they're they're having over. And this and is, I know we spoke about that because it's in rugby, mm. but it's, it's done properly in rugby. Do you know what I mean? It's, now, it's far more efficient in rugby. Yeah, now there was a few dubious decisions in that Australia-Portugal uh, game yesterday, but we shall, shall digress on the shit. Yeah. I think the, the biggest issue with referees is there's no accountability. You cannot speak out and criticise a referee. You'll get a ban, you'll get a fine. They, are, they, they operate at this level of complete autonomy. They do what they want mm. with no yeah. consequences at all other than fans kicking up a fuss. I, I as well, though, I go back to Anthony Taylor with the Roma fans. The Europa, after the Europa League final as well do you remember him when yeah. he was going through the airport so yeah, people have to kind of tread the line a little bit as well Absolutely. but, they, but the, they have to they do have to take account but the thing they is have Roy, to come out. the thing is if the governing bodies held them accountable then the fans wouldn't react the way they did there's Absolutely. no way Anthony Taylor goes and gets mobbed in an airport or there's no way no. referees are getting death threats sent to their gaffs or anything else like that if the governing bodies come in and fucking sort it yeah Right, so the ref for the Wolves game wasn't there a thing there saying basically he got the motor down. Fucking, he's not refing Premier League games or, or whatever like that because the decision was so bad. Is this going to happen now to, to your man that ref the fucking Liverpool game? Yeah, probably. So if it does, then well, they are going to ref in the fucking tour division. Who's going to ref the Prem games then? Mm-hmm. I just because they're all bad. The whole thing is like bad. That could cost Liverpool millions. Absolutely. We go back to the Villa and the and the Sheffield United uh, goal. The goal that wasn't a goal. That kept Villa up, that goal did. Right? And that... That was a farce. Right? Keeping Villa up allowed them to sell Jack Greaves for 100 million. Because if they get relegated, he doesn't go for 100 million. Right? They rebuilt their squad off that 100 million. And now they're flying. Look at them now. 6-1 against Brighton. That was, by the way, that was a monstrous performance from Aston Villa. Yeah. And Ollie Watkins, he... People need to start taking notice of him. He is one of the best uh, centre forwards in the Premier League at the moment. He's top quality. He was good last year as well. And he was great last year. Yeah. He's a problem for any team in the Premier League. Him and Isaac. But this is where I'm in. Like, so conversation. This is where... No, I've seen something on Instagram yesterday being like, uh, has this cost Liverpool the league? And I'm like, it's October. Relax. We're guys. seven games yeah. in. Like, both you and City yeah. and Newcastle and Arsenal and every other Tom, Dick and Harry in the league are going to drop points. It's fucking October. Yeah. We're seven games in. Calm down. Yeah. Right. But on the other side of that, these decisions do impact it because the Villa one is a prime example. A goal that yeah. shouldn't have been a goal or, or vice versa that kept them up. Yeah. And they've built an entire squad because they were able to sell a player at a premium because they stayed up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I also thought Liverpool were fantastic. <laughs> and that's worrying that they were, you know, down to nine men, down to ten men for the majority of the game. Mm. And they played so well. You know, and and I, I like, you know, we're United fans. We love to see Liverpool lose. But after that Absolutely. game, I actually felt a bit deflated. I was like, yeah, they've lost. But look how well they played. 
we have a Mr. Darren Conway staring through the door at us. Come in, Darren. Darren. through the door. Do you want to come in? Am I a guest again? Well, you, you are now. So I'll hop in. You may as well. It's our own schedule. Just, just before you go, your thoughts on the go on, give Palace us a, game on Saturday? Quick thoughts on the Palace game. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like, diabolical. Mm. Um, I think it's not looking good for Ten Hag, but it's just a, like I want them to stay like. Mm. But it's just a yeah. cycle, isn't it now? Yeah, it's exactly. It is exactly what exactly we're it. talking about. That yeah, yeah, it's exactly what yeah. we're saying. That it's like just, just this. Cycle. Yeah, it's the same. Give them a load of players. The next manager a load of players. Like, and if that does eventually happen, that will be highlighted yeah. with the the owners and how fucking awful their ownership mm. is. And Do you know what? It when might be the key to them selling. When they yeah, I hate saying it. I hate they saying it. Palace in the cup. Like they fucking pressed the fuck out of them. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And then like obviously when they went and played them at home there the in the league just to go yeah. on, like they were still pressing like but it's just But there's a bit more intensity slow. I think to it's the, just too slow like the mm. League Cup and a league game I think there's a lot more intensity to a league game. Yeah. And you know it couldn't cope with that intensity. Yeah. And I also said to Damien as well when you go 1-0 down to a team like Palace who are happy enough to settle mm. finishing on 11th or 12th every season yeah. they're just going to sit back for the whole Couldn't fucking game them. and you can't break them down no and then you have Rashford what's he, what's he up to like yeah. I don't know I don't know It's I'm watching all these compliments of him like just not passing at the right moments and stuff like that yeah, yeah just... and the more I see about him like he stalls he stalls he stalls put him on the bench for a couple of games just to get his head together because I actually had an argument with a guy on, on Give him the Twitter about treatment. it I had an argument with a guy on, on Twitter I think it's, there's a, a moment where Ganacho overlaps him and Rashford shoots and it's Casemiro no he tried to like chip it yeah it was, it's Cas- Casemiro, it was, it was Casemiro of all that, that runs around them and someone had said oh have you ever played football before but this wasn't to me it was someone else was like, have you ever played football before these things happen so fast and I was like okay yeah they do happen very fast but that is a really basic pattern of play how many times has Luke Shaw or Bruno made that run and was slotted in yeah right so what's the fucking difference there Great. That's yeah. the difference. Because if Rashford makes that pass and the ball rolls out of play because a player didn't make the run, Rashford's not at fault there. Yeah. The cunt that didn't make the run is at fault. I'm going over tomorrow. Are you? For Galatasaray game, yeah. Good luck. <sighs> and going over with Just Eat as a brand ambassador. <coughs> Sponsor us. Yeah, I'll, I'll let them know. Like. Sound. And, uh, I'm going on to the middle of the pitch to with the flag like you know with that the yeah, yeah, yeah. no way yeah, yeah. so you're gonna <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait for this yeah. and like the whole time I'm doing it, I don't I think, care if United lose now I'm just gonna see <laughs> the whole time I'm doing it, I'm gonna be like we're shy do you ever see that that kid um, so he would just part Manchester United who's your favourite player none of them none they're of all them. rubbish none, <laughs> of none, of them. none of them they're all rubbish I'll be some though like that here, did, you ever, did you ever see those uh, videos of them like in American football I think it is when they're pulling the tarp off the pitch and there's always someone that falls and gets absolutely smuggled yeah, with yeah. the whole thing <laughs> I want to see that I want to see us running off I was hoping I was going to walk out with some players like you know, <laughs> like oh, oh, hold his hand how would you take them penalties bro the way you do them chips <laughs> oh my god Love a bag of chips. Imagine, who, who's the shortest player on the team I'd want you to walk out with them Bruno's quite small I think Bruno, yeah. I'd say Bruno's about 5'10 I'd say isn't he sure. yeah. who's Surely. the smallest player Palestri maybe no? Martinez Palestri Palestri, Palestri. 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 I'd be some unit towards him I don't know he was walking out hold, I'd be holding his hand <laughs> By the way, we haven't mentioned Martinez um, 
playing with a broken foot <laughs> on the fucking no, the, 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 painkillers the, the initial surgery Malas- on, his, Malas- on his metatarsal Malassia is the shortest player didn't work Malassia is uh, one so they have to they have to, he has to do another they have to do another operation on his metatarsal again you heard that did you yeah but that's see, how inept they are at this fucking club that they by the way do you notice the fan cams aren't as popular anymore yeah, like because the fans are going out hiding their faces. They're hiding their faces. <laughs> they don't. They don't like the United Stand. Full time devils is gone now. It's Stratford Paddock, but they don't do those um, post match interviews outside Old Trafford anymore. Well, I'd, I'd say part of that is like some of them have direct affiliations, like legit affiliations with the club, and there's probably not allowed. As, as it might be the Goldbridge yeah. effect because Goldbridge obviously isn't too well liked Paddy among. He's not wrong though, is he? The what? That United are in the mud. He's not wrong. No. Who said Paddy Murphy? Oh, yeah, Paddy's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think United, we have oh, I think we have Paddy song. blocked or muted on every single platform. <laughs> I think like I even said to me postman and says if we get out and off a man called Paddy Murphy the phone to send her. <laughs> <laughs> ah look, Paddy's happy again this season. And as he showed Liverpool are flying, so we're folks them. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, and Morley Morley's happy. I, I do you know what I miss fucking Jonathan Morley not having a fucking breakdown every week over Liverpool's results. Yeah. I miss those videos on TikTok. Yeah, man, Sabaslo is fucking next level. Oh, yeah. Pretty jealous. How, how was anyone So jealous. Why was there no one else in for him? Strange, isn't it? Wow. Very yeah. strange. How much did they sign him for? About 65 million? Yeah. yeah. Which is a bargain when you look yeah. at it. Yeah. He's a machine. Yeah, he's good. And you know, like... Um, he's got a lot to his game. They just seem a lot more balanced now, don't they? Yeah. Which is which is re- really annoying. I hate them. <laughs> I hate how good they are. Damn Man City. Do you know what? Good Liverpool. I respect uh-huh. Liverpool as a football club, but I just. <sighs> Who do you think's gonna win the league? I think it, I think whoever finishes above City wins it. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no, but I think, City. Like, no, I think City. I don't think City are gonna win it. Uh, we say that. Well, Gary Neville came out and and, and I think says, Arsenal, Rodri, when Rodri comes back, man, yeah. it's game. I think, over. I think Arsenal might win it. Gary, I was reading a thing from Gary Neville this morning. He said he reckons Arsenal are winning because he, he, he. It's their best chance. Yeah, and it's probably because City have just won the treble. I have to go, lads. <laughs> go on, Darren. We appreciate your improv cameo. What a man. I'm, I don't care. I don't care about the result now. Yeah. Uh, I just want to see you wave the flag. I just want to see you wave the flag tomorrow. I Who's doing with you? Eric Roberts? Eric Roberts. Two for him. Tell him it's from yeah, me. He's getting on at me. Liverpool fan out there, you know what you came. Promoting Chelsea the other day. Yeah, you can leave that in there. He's a Liverpool fan. Oh. He was in Stamford Bridge with a Chelsea short on. Banging goal that he scored. His penno hit the stratosphere. Let's be real here. Eric, if you're listening to this, you're you, need, you need to assess yourself. Some Liverpool fan you are. Plastic fan. Yeah. Fucking plastic. get Ian Rush after you. <laughs> <laughs> I get Sammy Lee after him. No, plastic. I get Didi Hamana after him. Go on, Ronaldo. Go on. Shoo. Um, thank, thank you very much Darren Conway for that improv cameo we want Eric Roberts to come on for one of the Liverpool games well do you know what it Paul have, Howard it doesn't have Paul to Howard wants to come on do you know what we're Eric now Eric is a good friend of mine I have Eric's initials tattooed on my arm um, oh wow right so Eric is a good pal of mine um, oh friend but I don't <laughs> yeah his, his wife hasn't got his initials tattooed on him let's be fucking real right so um, I don't think it needs to be a Liverpool episode for Eric because apparently he'll just support whoever he wants. Yeah, when are we playing Chelsea? When are we playing Chelsea? <laughs> yeah. Oh, United, because he's fucking over there now with the Galatasaray thing. You know, 
Just E, you know, Paul, Just E, just so you're aware, there's an actual United fan. December, <laughs> we're playing Chelsea. Right. So December, we're playing, okay. And and December, we're also playing Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord, so. see, baby Jesus. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. Oh, I think I might watch T20 cricket or something. For the whole month, oh, stop. So, obviously, as you can tell by this episode, we try to talk about everything other than United because we are dog shit. Oh, just before as well, <laughs> I just mentioned about Martinez. Oh, yes, yes. Getting operated on again for again. metatarsal because the first operation was a failure. Like, what the fuck does that tell you about what's going on? But, but do you know what? Like, obviously, I don't, I'm not a, f- a fucking doctor, right? And uh, if anybody thought I was, you're as delusional as everybody <laughs> is. <laughs> but I've broken my metatarsals many times. I've broken mm-hmm. two of my right foot and I've broken one of my left foot, right? I've not got one operation on metatarsals. I, I'm understanding. I'm, I'm assuming the, the operation is to speed the recovery up. Yeah. But why? I broke two metatarsals. I mean, completely broke them. Yeah. Right. Six weeks on crutches in a cast. Right. That's six games. Mm. The guy's out anyway. Rooney. Remember Rooney? And oxygen tanks and all sent off to the to the World Cup. Yeah. Whatever they gave Kevin De Bruyne at that time, just give Martinez that. He'll be back next week. I, I just remember. Give, just give Pep a call here. Whatever. Oh, Milkshake yeah. you gave Kevin. <laughs> and yeah, that was floating around. Remember that was, that was Chelsea's title-winning game. But I remember when Rooney went down injured, all the Chelsea fans looked visibly worried when they seen him go down injured. Mm. Just shows you how much of a fucking player he was. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the David Beckham documentary is out this week oh, on Netflix. Yes. So we'll do a little review of that next week as yeah. well. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. My phone's on mute. The yeah. letterbox is being stapled show. I, I literally, I only got a Netflix account just for that. <laughs> just for that. You know this whole fucking, you sign into your ma's Netflix account from your new gaff and then it's like, this is not on the same <laughs> IP address. Get your own Netflix, you cheap bastard. So... <laughs> Well, folks, um, this has been episode 10 episode. of the United Way. Hopefully uh, a good result against Galatasaray. Hopefully a good result against Brentford on the weekend. And going by the numbers, the number of this episode, Rashford was dog choice. So hopefully there's an improvement there. Next week's episode is number 11. Hopefully Hoyland can bag a few goals. Yes, absolutely. Um, Al is wearing headphones this week. So hopefully that is a new talisman we for did. United to kick on because we are becoming very superstitious here. We're very superstitious. Next week, if we're the short against Galatasaray, we're swapping seats. <laughs> I think so. What do you think? What do you think, yeah. Mr. Producer? Let's do it. And then if we're shit again, I'll try and Dave comes in here and one of us go back there. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it you, that way. You can edit next week. Yeah, oh, okay. Anyways, this has been episode 10 of the United Way. I am Damien Broderick. That is... Al Foran. And that is Dave... Aye. Big up the Dave. Mr. David Hammond. Um, what a job. What a tremendous job he's doing. What a guy. A tremendous, wonderful producer we have here. He's really great. <laughs> Do you want to end on uh, a really shitty, you know, a joke that my dad just sent me? Oh, go on. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. You here ready? we go. You, we yeah, go. You, let you take over here, pal. Ten Hag has assured United fans that they'll be in the top four by Christmas, even if he has to write the song himself. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, we'll that see note, you next week. <laughs> See you next week. (laughs) Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.